Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coach Baseball Right podcast. I'm your host and founder of Coach Baseball Right, Steve Nicolarat. Join us as we go inside, outside, and all around baseball, discussing how to coach baseball the right way. In today's Coach Baseball Right podcast, I'm really excited to share our interview with Shirley Berkovich, former player in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. The All-American Girls Professional Baseball League was started as a result of World War II and so many of the professional ballplayers going off to war. In this podcast, we talk about Shirley's passion to play baseball as a youngster, her start in the league while she was a 16-year-old sophomore in high school, her experience playing in the league, and her appreciation for Penny Marshall, who brought the story of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League to the big screen with the hit movie, A League of Their Own. Hi, everybody. We are here with Shirley Berkovich, former All-American Girls Professional Baseball League player. Shirley played in the AAGPBL for three seasons, 49, 50, and 51. Shirley, thanks so much for being on the Coach Baseball Right podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Steve. Shirley, our Coach Baseball Right program is all about helping organizations, coaches, and parents transform baseball experiences and developments. We started this podcast to allow our listeners to hear different perspectives on coaching baseball the right way. So with that being said, let's jump into our, uh, our first question. Well, it's been 27 years, I believe, since uh, the movie A League of Their Own was made. Is that correct? Yes. Can you believe that, Steve? 27 years. My goodness. Um, it, 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 I, when I hear that, when I hear that, that's 1992, I think. 1992. You know, some of, yeah. Some of the, uh, the uh, young girls that we talked to, they weren't even born then. Wow. And here we are talking about uh, this movie to them, and, and they've seen it. They can tell you all the words. They can sing the song. It, it's just amazing. We are just overwhelmed by by the impact that that movie had on these young girls. Well, in, in preparation for uh, for this this conversation, I went back and I, I watched it, and uh, I enjoyed it more the second time than I did the first time. Um, but, but we'll get into the movie in just a second. I want to talk a little bit about you. You grew up, I believe, uh, in Pittsburgh or just outside of Pittsburgh? Yeah, a small town outside of Pittsburgh in Swissvale. We were about eight miles east of the city. And how many siblings? I had a brother, an older brother and an older sister. I was the youngest. And were your siblings, were they interested in baseball? My brother. My brother was an excellent ball player. Uh, and uh, my sister, she was uh, more into the cheerleading and dancing part. She wasn't, she wasn't really that. She was interested in sports, but not to play. So uh, is it your brother that had a tremendous impact on you with, in terms of learning baseball or your dad or? Well, how did you learn the game? My brother and my dad, both of them. I can't 
ever remember not playing baseball, Steve. I, I when I was young, we would just go out on the street and and toss the ball around and things like that. And then when when I got uh, a little bit older, uh, I would play on the streets and in the in the uh, vacant lots with the boys. Uh, no girls there in our. Our town there, I was the only girl, and I remember the neighbor saying to my mom, you know, why do you let her play baseball with the boys? And my mom just replied, you know, well, there's no girls' baseball team, so, and she loves baseball. So anyway, that, and then uh, later on, my, uh, my, my brother, I tagged along with him, you know, they had leagues, in city leagues, and, and he played. And they'd take me along, and, and I know now the reason they took me along was to shag balls in the outfield so they could <laughs> stay up there and hit all day. But it it helped me, you know, it was a, a great help to me. And then my dad used to take me to the ball games uh, at Forbes Field, and uh, he, he used to uh, kind of coach me. Uh, he wanted me to learn the fundamentals of the game. Uh, he didn't want me to just go out and play. He want he wanted me to know all the fundamentals of hitting, fielding, uh, um, all of the little strategies to the game and everything. So I learned those things from him long before I ever got into the league. What a great way to spend time with your dad. It was. It was. I, I enjoyed every every minute of it. Who um, Who was your favorite Pittsburgh Pirate player back then? You know, Steve, everybody asks me that. Who was your favorite player? I, you know, I liked the Pirates. I loved them all. I had—I didn't say, well, this guy is my favorite. I, I just loved them all. Until 1947, Hank Greenberg came from the Detroit Tigers. He spent one season with the Pirates. He was at the end of his career. I never saw him play because he was in the American League. So, at that time, there was no interleague play, and we never, we never saw the American League teams only in the World Series. So he was with Detroit, so I never really got to see him play in his prime. But I did get to see him play one season with the Pirates, and I don't know, he just impressed me so as a ball player. That, but I don't like to just single him out as my favorite. I, I just thought he he was something special. Wow. So let me ask you this. In, in high school, um, there weren't a whole lot of organized sport opportunities for, for the girls. Is that correct? There was none, Steve. The only thing we had was basketball, and that was half-court, half-court basketball, and volleyball. And, and that was it. There was no softball, of course, no baseball. But when I was prepping for this, I I, uh, I found out that you actually played on a basketball team, I believe it was the Westinghouse uh, basketball team. How did how did this come about, and what was that? Well, I used to, you know, in school, like I said, they played that what they called girls' rules, half court. Uh, well, I didn't like that. I wanted to play full court. I wanted to dribble down the court and shoot. I didn't want to stand at, at, at the ten second or the uh, half court line and not be allowed to cross over. So I used to go down to the recreation center and play again with the boys uh, basketball. Well, um, a friend of my dad's, he, co- he 
worked for Westinghouse, and Westinghouse had a girls' basketball team that played in the Ohio-Pennsylvania League. And uh, he he said to to uh, my dad one time, he says, "Gee, he says I'd I'd like to uh, to have have your daughter come come and play play with our team, but he said there's a problem." You have to work for Westinghouse. Well, I was only 16 years old, and so, of course, there was no way I was going to be working for Westinghouse. And, Steve, I never to this day know, but all of a sudden, I was playing for Westinghouse. I don't know what they did that got me on that team, but uh, I I got on the team, and I, I played with the Westinghouse, and they played, uh, like I say, in, a, in an Ohio-Pennsylvania league. It was for me, it was a, a, a big thrill to be able to play boys' rules, you know, run up and down the court, shoot. And I would imagine it was a very competitive league. Oh, absolutely, yes. It was a very competitive league. Let's talk a little bit about um, your your baseball experience. You were, I think, a sophomore in high school, and somehow you wound up at a tryout for the all all-American Girls Baseball League, Professional Baseball League. How how did that tryout come about? Uh, there was an article in the in the Pittsburgh paper, and I didn't see it, but my brother saw it, and he showed it to me, and he said to me, "Why don't you go down and try out?" Well, like I said, I was 16 years old. I was shy. I was scared. I said, "Oh gosh, no!" I says, "I I don't want to go down there." And so he said to me, well, he says, well, I'll take the day off of work. And he says, I'll go with you. Now, he says, we, you don't have to go down and try out. He says, just come on. We'll go sit in the stands and we'll just watch them. So I thought, oh, well, that sounded good. But after I thought about it, I thought, you know, he knew that there was no way I was going to sit in the stands very long before I went down there and tried out. And that's exactly what happened. And I went down, tried out. Two weeks later, I got a telegram saying that I was to report to spring training in uh, West West Baden Springs, Indiana. I think I think that's what the name of the of the town was. Anyway, oh my gosh, my dad, my brother, and I—we were all excited, jumping around. Oh, I'm going to get to play baseball. Well, then my mom jumps in and she says, "Wait a minute," she says, "I never heard of any girls baseball." league she says i don't know taking 16 year old girls down to some place in indiana she says no no she says if she's going she says i'm going to go with her so she bought a ticket and we went on the train and we went down to uh, indiana and uh, my mom met the chaperone and the uh, uh, manager and they assured her that everything was on the up and up, that it was okay. And, and so my mom turned to me and she says, okay, you can stay. Well, <laughs> that was a thrill of my life there, right there. Wow. I can stay. <laughs> that, that must have been really something. I mean, what was spring training like back then? How many, how many players did they have? How many coaches? And, and what was it like to be on the field? What kind of, what kind of activities did they have you do? Well, it is just like any spring training, uh, Steve. You know, it's uh, getting yourself in shape for the season, stretching exercises, running, um, doing laps, uh, fielding, uh, batting practice, uh, 
you know, the coaches giving you pointers on things that they might see that you're doing wrong or, or whatever and, and just uh, instructing you on, on, on things. It was a, a regular spring training. How many players were on on the field? Oh gosh, I don't. Well, the 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 roster uh, when we played was eighteen eighteen of us on the roster. So with, I I don't know if there was more more girls there. Uh, I I really don't remember, Steve. I, I know there were. I was just so glad to be there. So you you come out of spring training. You have a good spring training. You're 16 years old, and your first team, what what was it? What was the name of your first team? Muskegon Lassies from Muskegon, Michigan. And uh, I got got there there and put on that uniform. That had to be the thrill of a lifetime for me, putting on a uniform, getting out on the field, and playing – with girls. I had never played with girls before. All my experience in playing baseball was with the boys. The only thing, there was the first time that I ever had a chance to play on a, a team with, with other girls. And oh, what a thrill that was. But I was scared to death, Steve, because, you know, I knew I could play against the boys. I mean, I was had that already. Uh, set up. I I played with them all my uh, young adult life. And so I knew I could play with the boys, but with the girls, I wasn't sure, you know, that a man, some of those girls were good. And I, I thought, geez, I hope I can, you know, hold my own against them. So what position did you play? Well, I was a utility player. Uh, I always, always liked to a different positions and my dad always told me he says it's better to know more positions you know if you can play if you can fill in at second base or third base or or jump into the outfield and and he says it's always better and it's and it's always a big help to a team to have have someone on there that can fill in so he taught me all the positions and uh so i when I went there, that that's what I did. I played. Uh, I was utility, so I just plug a hole somewhere. They needed an outfielder. I went to the outfield. Needed an infielder. I was in the infield. Did you have a favorite position, Steve? I was just so glad to be there. I didn't care where I played. You know, wherever they put me, I certainly wasn't going to say no. I don't want to play this position. <laughs> I I said yes I I can play I can do it. Who was your manager that first year? That first year it was Carson Bigby was his name. He was a, a, a an older gentleman, uh, but uh, I I didn't I don't know how, how to say I don't mean to say I didn't learn anything from him, but he wasn't one of the managers that that helped me the most. Uh, so, uh, but he he was a good manager. I I respected him, and and uh, uh, you know I I don't have anything to say against them. But I I just didn't learn as much from him as I did from uh, like Bill Allington when I played for Rockford. So, was was this man uh, your first manager? Was he a former major leaguer? No. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Uh, 
the uh, 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 Hall of Famers that were in in our league were Max Carey, Jimmy Fox, and uh, Davey Bancroft. I think those were the the only Hall of Famers. And the one you learned the most from was? Well, he wasn't a major leaguer even. He was a minor league uh, player. He never made it to the majors. And his name was Bill Allington. He played in the Pacific Coast League. And uh, but uh, Steve, I don't know. He the first I uh, I'll never forget the first my first day uh, uh, when they tra- when I got traded to Rockford. I came came that next season to Rockford, and the first thing he did was he handed me a rule book and he said, "Learn it," just like that. And boy, I tell you, he, we got we got tests on the rule book. And wow. uh, th- th- there was no manager I ever knew that told you to learn the rule book, except Bill Allington. Wow. So, what was uh, the fields? What kind of stadiums or fields did you play on? It, they were uh, they were uh, recreational fields. They were uh, they were in good good shape. They weren't bad. You know, some of them had a little more uh, weren't as as uh, good as uh, others, but the on the whole, they were they were good fields to play on. There weren't there weren't a lot of bad hops, you know. We we got. Were there a lot of minor league ballparks you played in? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't play in minor league ballparks during in the league. Uh, when we when we were on that uh, uh, tour in 1950, I was on that tour. That's when we played in minor league ballparks. In the in the actual league, we didn't play in minor league parks. We played in played on regular recreational fields. So in '49, uh, when you were you were um, in your first year, uh, where when you were home, where did you guys where did you stay at? Did you all stay together or no? Where did you stay at? <laughs> that was one of the things in the movie that wasn't correct. We we didn't stay all together in one big house like that. We stayed in what they called host homes. People from the city would take us in uh, and rent us a room, and and we would always go. The chaperone was responsible for for finding the place for us, the home for us. And there were always two of us that went together. We always had two girls that roomed together. That we roomed together. I and see. then we'd stay in these host homes, and and those people, Steve, they were they were after a while they were like your parents. They'd come to the game, they'd root for you. Uh, that at night when we'd come back from road trips, there'd be little notes on the table and say, uh, "There's sandwiches in the refrigerator. Help yourself." Um, wow. You know they were they they really treated us, you know, like family. And well, then, of the, course, on the road, we we stayed in hotels. The first year ended, and you went back for your second season, 1950, and you spent, uh, I guess, the entire year on a, I guess you'd call it a tour team? Um, uh, yes, a, a traveling tour team. It and was what was the purpose of, of that? It was kind of like a, a, an instructional uh, an instructional. Uh, t- uh, there, there were two purposes to it. One was to to get get uh, send us out to these cities and play and see if we could um, get, uh, recruit 
you know, recruit play and we did we had we held tryouts when we were there and uh picked up some girls. And and then the other reason was kind of an, an instructional league to to kind of give you more playing time and uh you know to kind of give you more experience, I guess is the word. I'm I'm going to call it like a minor league. Okay. You know, minor league. But you didn't tour, you didn't you didn't visit the cities that were in the league. You actually <laughs> toured other cities on the eastern part of the country? Right. We toured the eastern uh, uh, p- part of the country. I see. And that was your second season, 1950. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you came back for your third season, and you wound up with the Rockford team. Is that correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, they were they were a pretty good club, right? Yes, yes, they were an excellent club. They were kind of the cream of the crop in the league. You know, they were they seemed to have uh, uh, I don't want to say the best players, but they had always had a good team. Good. And you were a utility player and you didn't get to play quite as much as you want, but you were always ready to go. Yeah, right. Right. I didn't get to play as much as I I would have liked to, but uh Anyway, like I said, uh, uh, most of the girls that were on that team, they all had their positions kind of uh, sewn up. You know, there were there wasn't a lot of movement uh, around there. They, they, first baseman was the first baseman, and then the second man, and so on. There wasn't, you know, and so the I just filled in like uh, uh, give them a day off, you know, when they had days off for practice or, or days off for rest rest day or whatever. Because we played. We played seven days a week, uh, double headers on Sunday, so we we played a lot, uh, you know, consecutive games in a row. I think you played over a hundred games in your season, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so the third season came, and and it was a little bit different for you. You, um, you know, it, it was a kind of time in your life where I think I I was. I read that you were contemplating, you know, your future. You were contemplating the the future of the league, and you sensed uh, there were some changes going on in the league, and and all this played into ultimately your decision as to to retire from playing. Um, can you can you elaborate on that? Sure. It was for me a transitional season. I I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I could see that the league was not going anywhere. I mean, teams were dropping out. Uh, uh, cities were, you know, not supporting teams anymore, and and I could see that it, this wasn't going to be going on like I had planned. I had planned for this to be my career. At 16, I figured I'd be played till I was at least 40. So I planned on on this being my career, and I, and I made no plans for anything else. I was going to play baseball the rest of my life. But when I could see that the league was not going anywhere, I thought to myself, you know, I was single, and I thought I'm probably going to have to support myself. So I better get a job that has a little more security. And uh, I thought about it, and it was a toughest decision I ever had to make, Steve. I I, I mulled over this for, for months and months. Should I stay and see what happens in the league, or should I take this job? I had an opportunity to, to get a job with Pacific Telephone, and I thought, I, 
what should I do? So I waited, and finally I I said, no, I think I'll just take the job and and move on in my life. And that's what I did. And then after 30 years, when I retired from the telephone company, I realized I made the right decision. Yeah, that's wow. Uh, let, let's let's do this. Let's switch gears for a second, and let's kind of talk about the league itself. Um, I'm going to refer to it as the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, but I'm told that it actually had several names. Um, and it, the, the name switched, uh, I think, three times in the very first year in 1940. I think it was 43, if I'm not mistaken. 43. Yeah, it was the first year. Yes. Uh, they started out softball. It started out as a softball. They threw underhand, pitched underhand, and uh, and then they uh, then they changed to sidearm, and then they they threw sidearm. But the ball was a softball, the sidearm, and then after the sidearm, and I don't know exactly what year it was, Steve, that they went to the overhand pitching, but it was early. Uh, maybe the second or third year in, of the existence of the league, they went to the overhand pitching, and the ball, they they uh, changed the size of the ball. And, and ultimately, uh, you you wound up using the baseball, correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah. The um, the uh, ten inch ball was used from that point on until uh, the the uh, end of the season, and it was a ten inch ball. Until the end of the league, rather, end of the league, it was a ten-inch ball. And then they went. They had a after the league ended, they took a, a touring team around the country, and they played with a nine-inch uh, baseball, and they played men's teams. But it was just a exhibition type of thing. It wasn't really the league. It was after the league had already folded. It was in 1954. The league lasted then from 43 to 54. Correct. And uh, when it first was started, it was started as a result of uh, uh, all the the guys going off to war, World War II, and there was some concern about about keeping baseball afloat. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Um, uh, President Roosevelt said, uh, oh, well, the owner said they were probably going to have to shut down baseball because all the all the good players were were going. The only ones left were ones that uh, you know couldn't couldn't make the grade, and so they thought they were going to have to shut down foot uh, baseball. But President Roosevelt wrote a letter and said that they are not going to shut down baseball. They're, they, baseball will be. Uh, the outlet for for people during the war years, and that's why they put the league in these small towns like Fort Wayne and Kenosha and um, Racine and Rockford, small uh, midwestern towns, because people with gas gasoline being rationed, you couldn't drive a hundred miles from Rockford to Chicago to see the Cubs play, or to St. Louis to see the Cardinals play. So uh, that's why they put them in these small towns. Now there was some entertainment baseball for people that lived in small towns because there was no uh, television, of course, at that time. And uh, so we were kind of the uh, 
uh, entertainment for these small small towns and and uh, uh, helped what they said helped the war effort. This podcast is powered by E3 Consultants Group. E3 wants to awaken the inner entrepreneur in anyone who is ready to take control of their financial picture. E3's family office model is prepared to serve individuals, families, and business owners with the right mindset, regardless of your net worth. E3 Consultants Group believes it's time for a new age of enlightenment. People need people to take responsibility for their financial well-being. The problem rests with inactivity, in sitting back and doing nothing. Essentially, we've allowed an entitlement society to overtake our ability to succeed or fail on our own merits. If you are ready to equip yourself with the knowledge and strategies to break out of this cycle and take your financial picture to the next level, then E3's business model is ready to assist you in thinking differently. If you are an entrepreneur, who is helping you get to the next level? Are there financial roadblocks standing in your way? At E3 Consultants Group, their mindset is all about optimizing the tools of time, talent, and capital. Whether it happens through cash flow awareness, income tax strategies, business consulting, privatized banking strategies, wealth management, or asset protection, E3 is ready to take your mindset from worry to wealth to worthiness. John Moriarty, the founder and president of E3, is a longtime supporter of Coach Baseball Right. Visit their websites, www.e3cg.com or www.e3wealth.com, or contact John Moriarty directly at 314-805-9349 to learn more. Tell them Coach Nicola Rott sent you. It's time to think differently. E3 Consultants Group, education, empower, enlighten. And I read that uh, Wrigley, Mr. Wrigley, Philip K. Wrigley, uh, owner of the Cubs, was was really, I guess, the the, um, the force behind the league. And he had some support from Branch Rickey of the Dodgers and and some other folks that uh, yeah. that helped get this thing going. Um, what were the four states that um, this league was sort of um, uh, positioned in? Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and uh, Wisconsin. I see. Okay. And, and gradually, like, like we talked about, we started off with sort of a softball thing, and I guess um, the bases were shorter and so forth. But over time, it seemed like the game evolved to be coming closer and closer to Ultimately, it became baseball. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And once, and the, once the, excuse me. No, no, go ahead. Well, once they got rid of softball, once they got rid of the underhand and the sidearm and went to strictly overtime and then to the baseball rules, uh, then we, we played strictly baseball rules. Other Which than guys, the ball being a little, a little larger. Uh, uh, baseball, uh, Major League Baseball was nine, nine inches, nine and something. And ours was a ten-inch ball. Did you uh, did you guys play uh, you know like ninety feet bases or or what was your no. dimension? No, we played. Uh, I, well, that, that too changed uh, uh, 
back and forth. Uh, I remember uh, when I played it, the pitching distance was 55, and the bases were 75, and a 10-inch ball. Okay, now, I am told that each team had a chaperone. What was the role of the chaperone? Oh, the chaperone, Steve, she was one of the most important people uh, uh, on the teams. She was the everything. She was the trainer. She she was, uh, if you got hurt, she was the one that that, that, uh, took care of the hurt. Um, she found all the uh, um, uh, host homes for everybody. If you had any problems, she was the one you went to. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, on a girls' team, it's hard to go to the manager for some things, and and the, the uh, chaperone was always there. In fact, the manager wasn't even allowed in the dressing room uh, without permission from the chaperone. And you could you couldn't even talk to the manager without going through the chaperone. Right. So they were very very important, Arlie, and especially uh, Steve to us teenagers, because you know we were sixteen, seventeen years old, uh, away from home, most of us for the first time. So uh, she, she was an important cog in the wheel. Saber pepper sprays have been keeping people safe for over 43 years. See how the number one most trusted brand used by police worldwide provides reliable protection when you need it most. Protect yourself, your family, with Saber. Visit SaberRed.com. That's SaberRed.com. Coaches, get 10% off with the offer code Play ball. I wasn't successful, so they. <laughs> I mean, it was tough. The, the girls that I, I've only talked to some of the girls that had to go to 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 the um, classes, you know, and they said it's hard walking around down steps with a book on your head and a Charlie horse. Wow. And, um, so, <laughs> so what, what what were the expectations of you girls in terms of uh, um, you know behavior, uh, curfew, dress? Uh, things like that. Yeah, we had we had a, a whole page of rules uh, that we had to follow, and and there were fines when you didn't follow the rules. Um, of course, uh, uh, curfew. Um, you weren't allowed to be in public in slacks or shorts. You, if you went in pub, if you went into public, you had to be in a dress or a skirt. Even you know on our bus rides. Uh, on on our bus, you you know would put a pair of shorts on or or jeans or something, and then to get off the bus, even just to go into the you know and they'd make our stops, even just to go into the, the store or whatever, you had to put a dress on. You couldn't go in in shorts or that was a very strict rule. Uh, lipstick, you had to wear, had to have wear lipstick uh, at all times. Um, Curfew, uh, you know, you weren't weren't allowed out after certain times, and uh, uh, there, well, there was a whole list of them, and they were there were fines associated with them, you know, five dollars, ten dollars. That was a big chunk out of the, out of the money back then. $5. What was your salary? I made fifty-five dollars a week. 
uh, and that the, and my last that was my my first season with Muskegon, and then uh, when I left the league, my last year with the with the league, I was at seventy dollars. And um, did they give you like meal money as well? Yes, on the road you got meal money, two dollars a day. Wow. Boy, you could buy a lot on two dollars back then. You get a hamburger for a quarter. And wow. uh, in fact, the, uh, uh, I know not only myself but a lot of us. We saved some of our meal money and didn't even have to spend it all. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think the league ended? Why did it? Why did it have to? Why did it fold? What, what brought it about? Well, I've heard different stories, Steve, uh, from from different girls in the league, and and I think the the uh, I think that the two big things were uh, the uh, the war ended, and second television came in. Once television came in, you know people people were able to pick up major league ball games and and sit in their living room and and watch major league baseball. So why would they want to? come out and sit on a hard bench when they sit in their living room in a lounge chair and watch Major League Baseball. Well, let's uh, let's go into the movie. Let's talk a little bit about the movie, and I, I want to start off. And, and uh, The movie, A League of Their Own, was kind of the brainchild of Penny Marshall. Uh, well, yes. How did, it, how did it all come about? Okay. What happened was Kelly Kendall and Casey Kandel. They were two brothers. Casey played Major League Baseball. He played for the Houston Astros and Seattle, I think. Uh, Anyway, their mother, Helen Callahan, played in our league. And so uh, they did, the, the, the two boys got together, and they did a documentary on their mom. And about her experience in the league, and they they somehow got it to PBS, and PBS showed it, and Penny Marshall saw it on PBS, and so she, I guess, thought it sounded like uh, her foresight sounded like something that would be make a good movie. So, in 1988, when we were recognized by the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. Penny Marshall came down to that event, and she talked to the girls. That was in 1988. She talked to to the girls and everything to get a feel for, you know, what it was like, what what everything. And uh, then she went back back to Hollywood and I guess started working on it. Well, it took her until 1992 or 91 to get backing and everything because I'm sure she had a hard time convincing Hollywood of a movie about girls who played baseball in the 40s. But that's what what she did. Went back to Hollywood, got backing, and put the movie together. And thank God for Penny Marshall. I tell you, the AAGPBL owes Penny Marshall a debt of gratitude. Steve, had it not been for Penny Marshall, we would still be sitting around at our reunions selling T-shirts to each other. There was just no way that we were ever going to be recognized had it not been for that movie. 
how accurate was the movie? The movie was extremely accurate. There were some some Hollywoods in there, which I understand Hollywood people have to do that every once in a while. There was a drunken manager scene. We never ever had a manager who who was come to the come to the ballpark drunk like that. And uh, uh, and they they said that it was uh, it was supposed to be uh, Jimmy Fox. Well, I, I have to defend. Jimmy Fox on that. There, I never saw Jimmy Fox drunk, and I'm sure that uh, that uh, anyone who you talk to will will tell you that played in that league and played uh, with or against Jimmy Fox knows that that was not true. And then uh, that was one. And then the chaperones. Uh, I don't think she portrayed the chaperones like they should have been portrayed. Uh, like I told you before, they were very important to our league. And, uh, you know, the, the throwing the dirt in her face and on the bus thing and and uh, uh, Tom Hanks uh, acting like he did towards her sometime. You know, those little things like that. And then the, I told you before, the big house that everybody lived in. We never lived in a, a big house like that. But the... The, the bus rides, the singing, the, the camaraderie. Rides, everything else was 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 strictly true, and she did a wonderful, wonderful job of of showing it the way it was. And that's what she was trying to do. She was just trying to show it the way it was at that time. And she only took the first season, the first year of the league. That's why she showed the the uh, uh, scene with the. Um, Oh, you know, what'd you call that? I forgot already. Uh, Helena, Helena Rubenstein uh, thing where you had to show you how to put lipstick on and all that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that. Right. Uh, the finishing school scene, yes. Yeah, she, that's why that was in there because that did happen in the first year of the league. and uh, but, but other than that, uh, she did. And then... Another thing she did that was we all thought was so nice is she invited us, anybody that played in the league, to come to Cooperstown for the last scene of that movie, where they're in the credits where they're showing all the girls playing baseball out there on the field. Right, that's Those right. Those were all all former ball players that came to uh, to Cooperstown to be a part of that. Yeah, that was one of the best parts of that movie uh, last night when I was watching it. Uh, I really enjoyed that, and I, 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 uh, I'm sure that the people who who made it to Cooperstown, they, you know, that's that's just something they're just never going to forget. Oh, I hope so. It was it was certainly a thrill for us, and something we'll never forget because just to have that opportunity, just to have the opportunity to play on Double Day Field. Now I'm think I'm out there, and I'm thinking to myself, Steve. Imagine who's been who stood on this field. Maybe Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. I don't know. <laughs> so let me ask you this: Were the were the actresses who who starred in the movie were they good ball players? Uh, well, kind of, some of them weren't bad. Um, uh, Rosie O'Donnell. She she had played little league, so she she wasn't bad. And the girl that played shortstop, the blonde. Haired girl. I understand she played college softball, and Ann Ramsey, who played first base, she was a, she was I would say one of the best. And uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Megan Kavanaugh, who played uh, 
uh, Marla Hooch, the one, the one that was a good hitter. Um, she she was a pretty good ball player. In fact, that if you remember the scene where she was uh, uh, in the gymnasium, and I they do remember that scene. Yes, ball, uh, that was her actually hitting. She that was not a double. She was actually in there hitting. So wow. uh, she she was pretty good. But some of them, oh, you know, like Madonna, you know, those those kind of they, they weren't so, they weren't so good. But they they made them look good. They made them, you know, uh, you know, the catches up against the wall and everything. They had a guy right above her just dropped the, the ball in her glove and you know that kind of stuff. And Gina Davis, uh, those long home runs she hit. Well, there was a guy behind her with a uh, a slingshot with the baseball on the slingshot, and then all she had to do was swing, and bam, he let go of that slingshot. <laughs> that ball sailed over that fence. So those kind of things, uh, they had to do something like that because Penny Marshall, at, at, when we went to the tryouts in uh, Skokie, Illinois, uh, for the movie, uh, they had the, the actresses were there, and then they had uh, some of us ball players there because – she wanted to uh she was trying to match up players with uh like she was trying to match up uh Madonna with somebody and uh, uh Gina Davis with somebody but finally she just threw up her hands and she says the actresses can't play ball and the ball players can't act so <laughs> she, she says we're just going to go go from the, go like this just put them in and use and use uh, trick photography. Did uh, do any of the actresses do they do they come to the reunions at all? Do you guys have any contact with any of them? We're we're in, in in contact with not not the big stars, not the Madonnas or the Tom Hanks or the Gina Davises, but the the smaller actresses like Megan Cavanaugh that played Marla Hooch, and uh, Anne Ramsey that played first base and. Uh, uh, Patty Pelton that played second base, and uh, uh, Biddy uh, Schramm, the one that got crying and got hollered at for crying. Mm-hmm. She comes. So uh, those those girls we we keep in contact with. They come to our reunions. But Penny Marshall, she she's been to several of our, re- of our reunions. She came to several of our reunions. But the big big stars, we don't have my contact. Well, although we did go to Bennington, uh, uh, Gina Davis has a film festival every year. And last year, I think it was last year, she had her uh, her film festival in Benton, uh, Bentonville, Illinois, I think it was. Uh, anyway, uh, so she, she showed the movie, League of Their Own. So she invited us to, to come to that. So we were at that. But that's about all contact we had you know there was there was one part of the movie that i thought was interesting and um you know th- there were no african americans at that time yes. that were playing and um there was a ball that went near the stands and um in the movie an african american woman uh picked the ball up and with a really really good arm threw it back um and then the the um, the player kind of reacted like, "Wow, you know, that kind of hurt my hand." She, this lady had a good arm, and I'm, I guess that was just the, you know, Penny Marshall's way of, of 
of um, of putting that that into the movie to make us aware of of the reality of the times. I think so. I think that was a subtle thing that was added that she personally added to show that that's at those times that's what it was. Just like Major League Baseball had no one. Um, I didn't realize at the end of the movie um, the woman uh, who came in was the older version of Gina Davis. I didn't realize that that wasn't Gina Davis, <laughs> you know, um, that they had another actress um, do that. Uh, did, were you aware of that? We weren't aware of it either until it was brought to our attention that that was not Gina Davis, that uh, that, that was a, uh, uh, a an actress that portrayed her as, as an older Gina Davis. Now they dubbed Gina Davis's voice in. So wow, yeah. she, she sounds like Gina Davis, but you're right. That, no, that was that was not uh, that was not Gina Davis made up older. <laughs> it was another. And uh, in fact, she uh, she passed away shortly after that. Uh, yeah, it, it's after the it, movie came out. It's funny. The first time I watched the movie, you know, I, I just just wasn't aware that that took place. And, uh, and, and, um, you know, doing some research for this, I, I kind of came across that. Now you had a role in that movie. What was your role? Well, it was kind of a fleeting thing. Um, you know, at the end of the movie where, where she had come back to the, to, uh, uh, say hi to all the girls, she was out on the field and, uh, they were all coming up to her and saying, oh, how nice it is to have you back, Dottie. And, all that stuff. Well, I was supposed to, I was supposed to be older Alice, the the, the catcher that took uh, her place when she left the team, mm-hmm. Alice. And I was supposed, to, and Alice was very superstitious. You know, she didn't change her socks and things like that. So what I was, my my little part was to go up to to uh, Dottie when she comes comes up and say to her, uh, Dottie, having you here is good luck. <laughs> and that was my little my little park and, uh, and then she says, Get off fast <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was great. It was great. Get off fast. <laughs> now there is a place in Cooperstown that uh references the league, is that correct? Not like what you saw in the movie. <laughs> that was an elaborate display that they showed in the movie. No, we just have a, a, a small case with uh, uniforms and uh, balls and uh, cleats and uh, bats, things like that. And then there's a, another little case uh, uh, about the movie that has the uniforms that the girls from the movie wore and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there is an exhibit there, but I don't know. I haven't been there. We're going this year. Uh, our reunion this year is in Syracuse, New York. And every time we go to Syracuse for our reunion, we always go down to Cooperstown. So we're going to be down in Cooperstown this in September and because uh, I, ha- I haven't been there for for oh gosh I can't remember the last time and I understand that uh, uh, the, uh, the case that we have is not as big as it used to be so I don't know <laughs> check it out. So last year your reunion I believe was in Kansas City. Kansas City, yeah. And we this go, year it's going to be in Syracuse. Syracuse, we go uh, a different place each year. 
But you know, Steve, we're we're dwindling down. We're we're down to a precious few. Um, we just lost in January. We lost three girls within uh, a w- just a couple weeks of each other. So we're uh, you know we're that generation where we're we're getting up there and we're losing our people. So we want to keep as much of this alive as possible, and that's why people like you we we thank for for you know keeping keeping us out in front well we thank you and and uh and all the the girls the women that that uh participated in that league and and did it the right way uh one of the things i know at at the end of this interview when i i always do kind of a summation of of the interview but uh one of the things i want to talk about is is how you guys did what you did and and um i wish today it was it was it was as pure as, as what it was back then, but uh, I think it's it's not. No. Uh, what is your best uh, memory? What is your best memory that you have? You know, Steve, when you have an opportunity to play a game that you love, all games become memorable. I, I can't pick out one game and say that it was more memorable than the other. I, I just, I was just, just a thrill of being able to play baseball, something, a game that I really loved, and, and to have that opportunity, uh, that that's all I needed. Uh, I guess the next question is, is really uh, the impact that baseball has had on your life. I mean, it's, it sounds to me like it's been huge. Yeah, well, having had that opportunity to play, uh, it, it taught me, about handling highs and lows in in everyday life, uh, you know, and you get that in 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 playing sports. You get those highs and lows, and then you also get that in everyday life. And baseball also gave me the self confidence in myself, which I never had, and uh, and which it prepared me for my life after baseball with the telephone company. My my second, I always call it my second career. My first <laughs> career was three years in the league. <laughs> but a big, a very important three years. It, it was, it was. Is there any message that, uh, that you would like to give uh, aspiring players, girls or boys? Um, well, um, you know, Steve, I signed my first contract when I was 16 years old. And I thought that was going to be my career, never thinking the league would end. I, I never thought the league would end. I didn't prepare for anything else. My advice that I like to give kids is if you're passionate about playing baseball the way I was, by all means pursue it. But I'm hoping that someday there's going to be another league of their own. That's what I I hope, but I always put a PS on that and say always have a backup plan. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> hey Shirley, listen, thank you, thank you so much for your time. I I really enjoyed our conversation, and I am really sure our listeners did as well. Um, and I wish you the very very best in in the future. Thank you, Steve. Like I say, if it weren't for you people uh, keeping us out there in the in the public eye, you know, we have you to thank too. So, 
and all the fans we have and and the young kids that are coming up that that have seen the movie and and uh enjoyed it so much that's the thrill we get is to to have these young people come up to us and say, "Oh, if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't play, be playing baseball." Well, Steve, we didn't know we were doing anything special when we played. We just thought we were playing, and now look look what has happened in those in those fifty fifty sixty years. It's it's a it's unbelievable the it is. the lives that you guys have touched in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. We're just so so thankful for for all you people. So, and well, Shirley, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, I, I will say this: I'm going to. Um, this will actually uh, be on our website in about 30 days. Uh, what'll happen is is I'll I'll send you an email with the link and all that. And if you want to send me, uh, like if you want this to go to your players' association and put that on their website. Uh, they can, you know, they're more than welcome to do that. If there's any place you want me to send this, uh, you know, it's a podcast, and I'll, I'll be happy to to do uh, to do that. You tell me where you want it, and I'll, I'll make sure it gets there. Wherever you send it, Steve, is fine. I don't have anything special. Okay. Do you ever get to St. Yeah. Louis? St. Louis. No, yeah. I haven't been to St. Louis for a gosh. I, I can't remember the last time I was in St. Louis. No, um we were Kansas City, I guess, was the closest. We were there last year for our reunion. Well, but, the next uh, time I'm in California, um, I guess you're close to Los Angeles. Is that right? I'm in Palm, Palm Springs area. Okay. Well, the next time I'm in that area, which isn't all that often, but I'm going to look you up and take you on for dinner. Well, I hope I hope you do, Steve. Not, I mean, I don't expect you think you have to take me to dinner, but I would certainly love to meet you and, and uh, chit chat some more. We we probably have a lot more to talk about. Oh yeah, my my uncle. Um, I'm, I I've coached for forty years, and I just stepped back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle managed the Cardinals for twelve years. He's in the Hall of oh. Fame, and it's funny. I never, um, you know, we never spent much time talking baseball. I mean, he was my uncle. And, now, who uh, was this? Red Shandies. Red Shandies was your yeah. uncle? Yep, yep. Oh, he's my, my uncle. God. And he just this passed away. This uh, stop. I tell yep. you. Yep, he just passed wow. away uh, in June. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yes, I know he had passed away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so for wow. me, I mean, what this is awesome. for to, you? To talk. Well, I, I enjoy talking about baseball. Mm-hmm. Back when you know, uh, I I began to watch baseball back in the '60s when he was managing, mm-hmm. and and uh, I, I I've always loved baseball, and I I played in college, and I like mm-hmm. I said I've coached for 40 yeah. years, and um and I wanted to do I have I have this this business now it's called Coach Baseball right, and we mm-hmm. we actually um, help coaches coach, uh, and we try to bring aspects of the game like your article or I did Jerry Davis who's a major league umpire he'll be uh, he'll be coming out this weekend I did him uh, uh, three weeks ago and just just kind of an entertaining and enlightening part of the game that a lot of people who love the game might not experience and um, when I saw your name uh, and in your background I thought you know what I, I got to do this I, I don't know much about that era uh, mm-hmm. or that league but it's it, you're willing to talk about it. I'm willing to listen and learn from it. So um, it's been great. I mean, I 
I watched an interview with you. Um, I went on the, the, you know, somebody interviewed you. I think it was a, a man named Mark. Um, and it was oh. a two hour interview and I, Oh yeah, I, that was in. Yep. Yep. That's Rock. the one. Did you see that interview? I did. And, oh my gosh. And then I, you know, I watched the movie and, uh, and I thought, you know, I wanted to make sure that I could, I could ask the questions that would be, would be most enlightening for the people that listen. You know, that interview with Mark, when he, he called me, he said, uh, now it'll probably be a two-hour interview. I said, two hours? I said, I don't have anything to say for two hours. I can't <laughs> believe I talked for two hours on there. Well, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, you know, you're really, you're, you're, you have so much energy, you know, just talking to you. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's why if I'm ever out there, I am going to look you up. Because, oh, I hope uh, so, Steve. It's, it's just fun to visit with you and just talk about yeah. those times. And, um, I know. Well, I love I love sharing with with people. Uh, you know my experiences. Well, listen, I'm going to go and, and uh, read okay, a story Steve. or be with the grandkids before they fall asleep. So, okay. Uh, hey, Shirley, thank you so much, and um, I'll, I will send you a link so you get a chance to to hear it and see it, or I guess hear it and not see it, and uh, we'll have that ready in about two weeks. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you, Shirley. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Wow. I really enjoy talking to Shirley. It was fun talking to someone who actually appeared in the movie, A League of Their Own, but more importantly, talking to someone that was involved in making baseball history. I really enjoyed hearing how she developed interest in the game by watching the Pirates play and spending time with her dad as he taught her the ins and outs of the game of baseball. Then to hear how she played with the boys in the streets growing up. To be honest, it sort of brought back some great memories for me, growing up and playing ball out in front of the house, playing run-ups in the street, step ball, going out to the alley and, and playing with the guys in the neighborhood. It was great. Things today that, that just don't happen. No one's fault, but something that our kids won't really get to experience. When Shirley is asked about her favorite position, I got a kick out of the fact that she didn't have any. She just wanted to play. You could hear and feel the passion she had for baseball in her voice. She appreciated the fact that she was on her last team, the Rockford Peaches, and helping out in a utility manner. You see, for Shirley, it wasn't about her, it was about the team. And it was also great to hear her appreciation to Penny Marshall for turning this story into a movie. Thanks to Shirley for sharing her story, and thanks to all of you for listening.